We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 7th, 2012. And continuing, these are just some little mini reports on fluoride. And the first one, I believe all these are from Mike Adams, just some rapid fire bullet points to reaffirm what we're talking about here. Sodium fluoride exposed in New Health Ranger video. Cities are poisoning their citizens with pesticide chemicals from China. We've just released a new hard-hitting mini-documentary on sodium fluoride. This is a must-see video for anyone who wants to know about who wants to know the truth about where fluoride come, comes from and how toxic it is to biology. The video reveals how fluoride is sold as a chemical pesticide with strong warnings and hazards. Next article. Uh, the average American today is exposed to a whole lot more fluoride than he or she is aware of. Conventional produce, it turns out, is one of the most prevalent sources of fluoride exposure besides fluoridated water. As conventional crops are not only irrigated with fluoridated-laced water in many cases, but also sprayed with pesticide and herbicide chemicals that have been blended with fluoride. Do you see how they are just trying to bombard our systems with fluoride? They're, they're spraying it on. I mean, oh, well, I eat only, I eat, you know, vegetables and fruits and, and <laughs> you better be eating organic and you better be rinsing it. You better be trying to, you know, whenever you can, soak them in uh, some type of vegetable or fruit rinse. Um, you have to break the pesticide bonds. And I mean, the chemtrails alone, even if you're eating organic. So you, you need to uh, be, bear that in mind. These people that think that they're so healthy because they're eating salads every day, they're getting tons and tons of fluoride just from the produce that they're getting. So conventional produce, as it turns out, is one of the most prevalent sources of, sources of fluoride exposure besides fluoridated water, as conventional crops are not only irrigated with fluoride-laced water in many but also sprayed with pesticides and herbicide chemicals that have been blended with fluoride, and the later processed once again with fluoridated water. This fact may come as a surprise to many who have bought into the idea that eating more fresh produce is automatically beneficial for health, regardless of how the produce was grown. Thinking that they have done their bodies a favor, millions of Americans have incorporated conventional fruits and vegetables into their everyday diets, not realizing that the resulting cumulative effects of fluoride exposure from these foods could be harming their health. New World Order is not going to just let you, not going to let you eat vegetables and fruits and get away with it. They're going to make sure that they're grown out of the most depleted soils possible. And they're going to be sprayed with herbicides, fungicides, pesticides, many of them containing fluoride. They're, they're increasingly making sure that they're GMO crops. I mean, these things are frankenfoods. And they're, they're not even, I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're horrific. Who knows? I mean, I don't even know how you would compare it to, like, modern junk food. But, I mean, we're talking, there's, they've all got their own gigantic list of baggage that comes with it. So that's why it's important you, you go out of your way to try to eat the right stuff and to put the right things into your body because it's not easy to do. The New World Order is making it harder and harder for you to maintain any kind of a semblance of health. They want a weak, sickly, dumbed-down, drug-addicted population. And when they pull the trigger on what they're going to do, that weak, sickly, dumbed-down, pharmaceutically-addicted population is going to be so much easier to control than a healthy, vibrant population. Don't you understand that's the reason they did it? Not only that, you know, the people dying and dying prematurely and 
you know, that all fits their agenda as well. Next article. Um, fluoride pushing doctors and dentists who try to contaminate your water supply with fluoride are promoting their deadly agenda with a clever lie. A lie you will see obediently repeated in every fluoride push. Here's how it sounds. Fluoride, and this is what your doctor would say, fluoride is a naturally occurring mineral in the water. Our city's water is unfortunately low uh, in, in fluoride. <laughs> Gosh. So we are simply adjusting the fluoride in the water to its optimal levels to improve public health. I've never even heard this one, but evidently this is how the, the doctors are trained. This lie is repeated almost verbatim across every city that seeks to poison its citizens with fluoride. But what cities call, quote, fluoride is actually a toxic cocktail of over 100 deadly industrial chemicals and heavy metals. It's not just sodium fluoride anymore. It's, um, you'll actually hear the actual long name of it now. It's actually 100 different things now. It's not just fluoride anymore. So it's, a, it's a 99 other things plus a fluoride in order to kill you. And many of which are purchased in bulk from China, where the industrial processing plants are trying to get rid of their excess toxic waste by labeling it as sodium fluoride. And we get it and, you know, we're adjusting it on just this unbelievable level. Next article. One of the last remaining urban urban bastions of Fluoride-free water, which is the city of Portland, Oregon, is about to join the ranks of the most other U.S. cities in forcibly medicating its residents with a drug, actually it should be poisoning, really, with a drug that has been scientifically shown to impede proper brain development, lower IQ, and damage your thyroid. So Portland's going to get on board, too. Now, there has been some cities, as of recently, not big ones, but smaller ones around the United States that have actually... Um, petition their local city governments in order to get this removed from the water supply. So there have been some victories on that level. But I, I'm not on any, I don't think any main cities, meaning major, major cities. Um, so next article. The next time somebody tries to tell you that there is no scientific evidence proving that fluoride chemicals are harmful human health, simply point them to a new study review recently published by the Institute of Environmental Health Sciences Journal uh, environmental health perspectives that shows for something like the 25th time now that fluoride damages brain development and leads to significantly lower IQ levels in humans. Researchers from both Harvard University School of Public Health and China Medical University in Shanghai, or Shenyang, jointly studied the effects of fluoride on children by evaluating 27 different fluoride studies. Upon review, the team found Quote, strong indications that fluoride exposure, particularly among developing children, is highly problematic for proper cognitive development and brain formation. Children living in areas where public waters are artificially fluoridated had far lower IQ levels overall. Based on these figures compared to children living in non-fluoridated areas. So, you want your kid to have a really low IQ or, or significantly less? Just keep the fluoride flowing into them. And it will slowly, every glass is, is just, you know, damaging their brain just a little bit more. And I'm not saying that like I'm indicting my listeners. I'm just saying that people, you know, they do that, unfortunately. And they're, obviously, most of the time they're not aware of it. But it's gotten to the point now where you look around and you, and you try to educate people about this type of stuff. And it's like they don't even care. It's almost like, you know, mission accomplished on the fluoride. <laughs> they don't even care. Mission accomplished. I'll just keep drinking it, whatever. I don't care. Got to die sometime. Whatever. I've heard that from different people. Like, you know, 
like, you know, eat, drink today, be merry, for tomorrow I die, that type of thing that the Bible kind of talks about, you know. So, or you tell somebody, you know, what you're doing there is going to cause cancer. Well, i got to die sometime, you know, I'd rather die happy than, than you know, do what I want to do now and die happy than, you know, have to live a life of, you know, uh, trying to eliminate this type of stuff in my body because I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have the motivation to do it or I'm too lazy or what I, I don't know, whatever their excuse may be. I don't know. And to be honest with you, it's a big reason. In some ways, I'm. it's a relief that I'm out of private practice because I was really sick of dealing with that type of mentality. And these are a lot of times were from people that were coming to me from hell, so they were a cut above the normal person. But even most of the time, if I told them what to do, they wouldn't do it. Very few. Unless it was something really, really simple. Because people like the whole Burger King mentality. They want it their way and they want it now. Because for the most part, people are so spoiled and infantile in their behavior patterns and have such low self-discipline that they're not going to they're not going to do that. They're not going to they're not going to um, change their lifestyle in any way shape or form. You, what do you mean? I got I got to take 3 pills a day? Are you kidding me? They'll take meds all day long. And they'll, and they'll go to their MD and they'll get totally indoctrinated in, in, into that system. But, oh my, well, don't you dare. What are you trying to do to me? It's like, okay, whatever. Uh, do what you got to do because, you know, um, I'm trying to help you, but I can't, I can't do it for you. And that was the mentality I started seeing more and more and more as I practiced. And it was maddening for somebody that cares, for somebody that really wants to help people. And to see this over and over again, ugh. It was unbelievable, but um, that was my that was my experience. Not with everybody, but with a lot of people. So, a listener writes, um, FYI, for people with kids that need a drink for school lunch, the organic drink called Honest Kids, from the same people that make Honest Tea, is probably a good one. I called the customer service, and the lady knew exactly what I was talking about, and said that they used a non-fluoridated source of water, and they... Water was RO filtered. RO really doesn't get out fluoride, though. Just so you know, you can't take an, uh, a fluoridated water and put it through RO and expect it to be fluoride-free. It'll knock it down some, but fluoride is incredibly hard to get out of the water. It, it's very, very hard. Okay, And the thing is, as you think about it, almost everything you get in a grocery store is made with fluoridated water. Whether it's in a plastic jug, glass jug, whatever. Most of the time... It's all fluoridated, so it's hard. Now, you can't. there are certain filters that can remove it. I know that even the new ProPure filters, I think they've got filters on there that can get out. They're saying 90%. I hope it's true. You know, I'm sure it's getting out some, and, and, and whatever you can get out, the better. But that's why I like those EcoBlue machines, EcoBlue, because they make water out of thin air. Now, you have to have a power source, but they've even got solar panels that you can buy where you can actually use them and generate water. And that's what I've used for years. And it, you're making water literally out of thin air, and as long as your air source is decent, you know, you know you're going to be making good water. You've got to keep the thing clean. It's not, they're not the easiest things on the planet to maintain, I'll be honest. You know, every, about once a week, you've got to go in there and change the water and wash the rocks and if you really want to maintain the water quality. But you don't have to worry about it being fluoridated or Chlorine, which is a whole other evil, horrific thing. You should have 
the water, uh, the, the shower filters on your shower heads too, um, the uh, KDF shower filters. At least it's going to knock out the fluoride, or not the fluoride, but the chlorine, which is where they really get you with the gas. Because the chlorinated gas is really what does damage. And the KDF gets out other things too, and it works in hot water, whereas carbon filters don't work that well in hot water. So you want to get KDF filters for your shower heads, bare minimum, and making sure that your water source is, you know, uh, not fluoridated. Because, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a matter of life and death, in a way. I mean, if you look at what the end game is of fluoride and how it can impede decision-making and how it takes away your will to resist and your will to fight. It's a big deal. You know? We're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. The Bible talks about in Jude. How are you going to earnestly contend for the faith if you're some fluoride-headed zombie? Which is what they're trying to create. It's pretty tough. So, um... They, he's saying this honest, honest kids, um, hopefully, and then he goes on to say it warrants a test with a unit. Um, th- there was a video that I'll be talking about here in a second, and um, they tested water with, a, they're actually fluoride meters you can buy, and I don't know how much they are, but they can actually test any liquid that you buy to see what the fluoride content is. That's a really good thing to have. Um and um, I'm not sure what they cost, but it is a good thing to have if, if you can afford that in your budget. Now, which brings me to the next thing. It's called the Great Culling, the official water trailer. Now, the actual producer of this um, and um, his friend contacted me. They even invited me out to the premiere in Denver. And um, I just, I can't even hardly do anything locally. I told him, I said, there's no way I can get out to Denver. But was really nice of them, and they actually sent me a sneak preview of the show um, that I was able to watch, and it was excellent. It was really good. Uh, it's the Great Calling of the Human Population Has Quietly Begun. It's called The Great Calling is the name of it. And covertly and insidiously, mercilessly, a global depopulation agenda has been launched. As this plays out, the vast majority of the human race will be removed from the gene pool. See, this is the end game here. Genetically annihilated, or genetically annihilated. Filmmakers Paul Wittenberg of the What in the World Are They Spraying film and Chris Maple explore what are the real threats to your life, your offspring, and your genetic, and your genetic, um, I'm sorry, I got integrity. How can you protect yourself from those threats? Uh, why is a global depopulation agenda being pursued? The more you understand these answers, the greater the odds of surviving the great culling. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play a, one of the parts of, of the trailers for this, and this is the great culling are water. And there's going to be different parts. There's going to be great, the great culling are food, and then there's going to be great culling the air, and all the ways they're trying to kill us. And um, I give you a link to their website, thegreatculling.org and framingtheworld.tv. And uh, I'm going to play about a minute of this clip here. This is their trailer. I wanted to leave history behind on what happened to me and some of the co-workers here in this county. And it kind of gives the inside look at a... Now, this is a guy's name. He wrote a book. His name's Gary Pittman. He's a former phosphate miner supervisor in Florida where they have these gigantic phosphate pits. Okay, now this is another place where we get fluoride from as a waste byproduct. And this is you're hearing him talking. Phosphate plant. 
mainly the chemical plant where phosphoric acid is made. Fluorosilic acid, which is really this combination of fluoride and all of these other toxic chemicals. It wasn't enough to just try to kill us with fluoride. Now they've got to add in all these other chemicals because their agenda is not happening quick enough. And so this is what he was exposed to. Our CDC and the liars in Washington, D.C. have only had success in countries that speak English for the vast majority of the disposal of their hazardous waste product. That means that you and I and our children in the United States are the largest consumers of hydrofluosilicic acid. Call it what it is. Hydrofluosilicic acid. What is that? Hydro is water, fluo, fluoride, silicic, sand, and it's missing an electron. It's acidic. It'll kill you. You take your hand dipping in like that and you're going to die. This is how toxic this stuff is. When they concentrate it down, you put your hand in a bag of this stuff that they're dumping into the water, and you're dead. I mean, it shows all these videos of them pumping this into the water supply, and the, and the pipes are corroding. And, I mean, it eats through concrete, this stuff is so hazardous and toxic. But it's perfectly safe to pump into the water supply. Just like mercury... Which is so toxic that if you if you break one of the ampules in the vaccines, they have to call out a hazmat team. But it's perfectly safe to inject into your body, and and, and the littler the better because they want to kill you and they want to get you in the formative years when everything's developing, um, the brain and all these things. They want to they want to get as much mercury into your system as possible because that kills your brain too and causes cancer and all kind of other horrific things. Do you understand? It's just everywhere you look, they're trying to kill us. And make themselves look like they're the authorities. And how dare you question us. And, and, and of course we have your best interests at heart. When the reality is, is they are literally agents of Satan trying to destroy you body, soul, and spirit every single way they can. I really wish this project the greatest success. People need to hear this message from... All, the, all of those that you've interviewed. This is there, there's, there's a former senator they interview, Karen Johnson. There's all these, these different people they're interviewing in this documentary that are absolute authorities in their field, way more of an authority in their field than I. I'm kind of like a jack of all trades. These guys are, have literally devoted um, um, a lot of their life to just this one area. Powerful information. Uh, I imagine that in 50 years people will be watching this. So that was Mike Adams in, in endorsing the uh, the video. I mean, they got all kind of PhDs and all kind of people, or organic chemists and things like this that they're interviewing in the actual thing. So if you want to pre-order it, um, I give you the link to do that, uh, and um, you can watch. I think there's probably other trailers up there. I think that was the fourth trailer. Now, I also want to give you the link, and I'm not going to go into it today, but on how to. Uh, five Ways to Detox Fluoride. I, I put this out in my newsletter this week, and I um, I actually uh, I wanted to put the link in here. You can click on this link, and these are different ways, because I don't buy into the whole thing about, oh, once it's in your body, you can never, ever get it out. Yes, it has a huge affinity to get into the bones, but the bones, in fact, our whole body, is literally rebuilt from top to bottom. I believe it's like every 18 months. Every cell in our body is replaced. So you cannot tell me that you can't get these things out of the body. I don't believe that. Now, in the thyroid, 
you've got different things competing for receptors in the thyroid. The thyroid likes iodine, okay, which is of a it's of a uh, group of chemicals on the atomic or not the atomic table, but the periodic table of um, they're called halogens. Bromide is one of the things that will compete with iodine in the body. It's also a halogen. Okay, it will compete with receptor sites in the thyroid. That is why a long time ago, because they're trying to kill us, they took iodine out of bread and they replaced it with bromine, which is a toxic chemical that, that causes all kinds of horrific things in the body. And they did it on purpose so that we would start to have less and less iodine in the food chain. Iodine is very protective. It keeps our thyroid running properly, which regulates metabolism. It also has a lot to do with our immune system. It has to do with different hormonal pathways. Iodine is very important. So they've tried to systematically remove iodine from the food supply. One of the main ways is, is substituting bromide for iodine in bread. That's why sometimes you'll see bread and it'll say unbromylated. And that's you, you, you want unbromylated bread. Okay? Um... Also, another thing that, you know, will we'll compete with it is fluoride. And then also chlorine. These are different, they're all toxic chemicals that compete with iodine, or at least the ones they put in the food supply. So, if you're getting a lot of bromine, chlorine, and fluoride in the thing, your iodine is just going to be, you know, it doesn't matter what you hardly take. You've got to eliminate those things and give your body the good iodine that it needs in order to, for the thyroid to function and the other things, and in order to kick these other things out of the thyroid and out of the other tissues of the body. So, it's one thing to detox, but it's another thing also to eliminate the source of the poisoning, which is just as important, if not more important. Okay, so the first thing they list here, and I'm not going to go into this, because just for time's sake, it's iodine. Iodine is really, really um, important to detox fluoride out of the body. Okay, um... I like prolamine iodine from Standard Process because it contains both active forms of iodine in the body, which is um, iodide, potassium iodine and potassium iodide. Those are the two active forms of iodine in the body. Most of the time, you're only going to get one. Okay, I like prolamine iodine by Standard Process because it has both. Um, you go and food sources would be something like kelp, but the problem is now is that the oceans and like Fukushima and this type of stuff, they're so, they're so um, polluted that I can't in good conscience tell you to go eat a whole bunch of kelp. You know, uh, it's heavily in bladderwrack, which is also a seaweed. I don't know, it would depend where it's sourced from, but the oceans are all connected. You know, particularly the Pacific Ocean with Fukushima. You're dealing with some bad, bad stuff there. So, um, I'm more in, like, okay, uh, if you can find Lugol's iodine, that was the traditional thing that for, from the early 1800s was considered an elixir and, and a basically overall health thing. And it was very, very much something that was used on an everyday basis by a lot of different people for, ever since the early 1800s. But iodine's been demonized, you know? And fluoride and chlorine and bromine have been you know, not demonized, because they want to kill us. Every single thing I'm pointing to here is obvious. They're trying to just destroy us every way they can. So iodine, very important. Now, they have another thing listed here called tamarind, which also kicks, I guess, fluoride out of the body. It's, it's a staple in Ayurvedic medicine. 
And it's made into tea or a tincture that pushes fluoride out of the urine. See, God gives us ways to deal with this stuff. Um, liver cleansing is another way to do it. And I got into last week or uh, about choline and how it defats the liver and how it dissolves gallstones. Choline, you take choline in conjunction with a good liver cleanse. Start out with the choline though. Don't just go into a liver cleanse if you've never done one, cold turkey. Start out with the choline, take it for, uh, I'd say, a couple weeks because it will start to set the stage. And then add in the liver cleanse. And don't be surprised if, if you're doing this, you're not feeling that great because your body's detoxing. Particularly with liver, there's a there's different emotions associated with different organs of the body. And I know that gets into the whole acupuncture, acupuncture vein, but it is true. I'm serious. I've seen this. There's certain things that, and the and the um, anger and the, the uh, emotion associated with the liver is anger. And when you start detoxing the liver, I've had patients come back to me wanting to wring my throat. What did you give me, doc? I gave them like a whole food supplement. Like standard process, I use Liviplex. It's a really good overall liver cleanser. And, and or AF Beta Food is a good one. I do an AF Beta Food with choline as a liver cleanse. You need to do it. If you've never done one, you really need to do it for a couple months. I mean, Rome wasn't built in the day. Things just don't happen overnight in the body. But the liver is the most regenerative organ in the body, and it can cleanse itself. But it's a proven fact today. Most people walk around with totally fatty livers, and that's because of the lack of choline in the diet. You get low in choline, which is a B vitamin. You can go look it up on Wikipedia. One of the main signs, fatty liver. Also causes gallstones. Choline is really important. Um, but you take choline with a liver cleanse, you know, I recommend doing some a couple month regime and, and probably staying on a little bit of choline after that. You know, you your your liver is like the chief oil filter of your body. And most people most people's livers are so gummed up with sludge that they can't even work. And when that happens, you cannot undergo what they call cytochrome P450 enzyme pathways, 1 and 2, which are what break down the majority of carcinogenic compounds in the bloodstream. So, then it sets the stage for cancer. And I've had, I've had many doctors that would say, in alternative medicine, that every cancer case starts in the liver. Because the liver's not doing its job, it's not breaking down carcinogenic compounds, and therefore liver will, the cancer, cancerous compounds will start to form or start to coagulate in one area of the body wherever you have the weak link in the chain. So liver is gigantically important. Having your colon cleansed as well in conjunction with the liver is very important. Um, and so they list um, boron as also being a... Um, kicking floor out of the body, and dry saunas. I wouldn't just want to rely on a dry sauna, though. I would want to really do that in conjunction with, like, the iodine and a good liver cleanse and those types, uh, some other things they mention here. So that's all I'm going to say about that. You can click on this link if you'd like to. Um, again, Lugal's Iodine, if you can find it. I think it is still available, some parts of the Internet. Um, Lugal's Iodine, or Lugal. L-U-G-O-L iodine. I believe there are still some sites. They've tried to outlaw it and, you know, demonize it and say, you know, it's the spawn of Satan when it's actually the exact opposite. And so anyway, there's there's some good uh, information for you there. Now let's go further. Um, this was a comment I got from a listener. We're going to shift gears here a little bit. Comment on getting in shape. She said, hi, Dr. Johnson. I'm listening to the Prepper Mega Study that I did, um, I wanted to agree with you 
uh, the, the one that I did a couple weeks ago. Uh, I wanted to agree with you and share a quick story. A couple months ago, my husband's old Honda that he uses to drive to work was stolen. Now he uses my car that I have to drive my kids around to and from school. So, while we save up for something reliable, I've been walking my youngest son, who is six years old, to school. I ended up walking to and from school six miles every day. Because she has to take him there and then walk back. It's three miles each way. Um, so, I get mad sometimes, but... I guess, no, I'm sorry, it's about a mile and a half each way. It adds up to a total of six miles. Her walking back and forth twice a day. Uh, I get mad sometimes, but I can't help but feel as the, as the Lord wants to make me stronger for what is to come. Remember what I said before? I had this conviction and we really need to start, if we're not, really need to start getting in shape if you can. And again, listen, anything you do if you're out of shape is going to make a difference. You can go with somebody and it's like, take them in the gym and if they're not used to walking a quarter mile when they first start, they start walking that quarter mile, that's going to make a big difference to them. You take baby steps, okay? You don't have, it's not like you got to go out there and leg press 1,200 pounds or whatever. I'm not saying that. You do what you can do with what the Lord's given you to. And not only that, when you start to get in shape, what will end up happening is you'll start feeling better. Your body will detox better because you're getting things moving. You're getting fluids moving. You're pumping things through organs better. And that's going to help free up and that's going to help start getting uh, from a detox standpoint as well. Sweating, huge way to detox. Okay, so um, I, I use Richard Simmons as my my mentor. I mean, I mean that guy's an animal. I'm just kidding, I'm teasing, teasing. Anyway, so Anna, uh, she says I get mad sometimes, but I can't help but feel as though the Lord wants to make me stronger for what is to come. Since I started walking, I've lost ten pounds in five weeks, and I feel so well. I don't get my headaches anymore. Uh, I don't get headaches anymore, and um, I feel well physically, and I'm getting used to it. I can almost see a six-pack, like six-pack abs. Um, I can say that I walk about 30 miles a week now, and I feel great. I mean, if she's walking six miles every day, times that by five, <laughs> 30 miles a week is going to get the job done, let me tell you. <laughs> that's some, now, that's just walking. But walking, if you can just do one thing, walk. You know, I'm telling you, just walking alone is huge. Uh, I go and my time's kind of limited, so I, I I don't have like hours upon hours. So when I go, I like everything in my life. I go just like an animal, basically, whatever I do. And what I've been doing in the gym lately is I'm using what they call heavy hands, which was a form of training. I remember when I was young, and the best shape I was ever in in my life was when I was jogging with heavy hands. And that's jogging with weights in your hands. And I had gotten, there was a book that had come out at the time, it was Heavy Hands, and um, it was, I don't really know how I even stumbled onto it back, like when I was probably like 14 or 15. I can remember I was in the best shape I was ever in in my life. I was in skating at the time, and speed skating, and I remember when I started using Heavy Hands, my endurance my, I mean, nobody could even touch me at the particular rink I was at. And then I blew my knee out, and I wasn't able to do anything for years after that. But Or not anything like that. And I think it was God's way of humbling me, because I was probably going to get, you know, gigantic head. Uh, and God can do that. But I remembered that. And lately I've been doing um, heavy hands at the gym 
like on a treadmill on on like a hill program for 30 minutes to 40 minutes going about as hard as I can go. And I'm really trying to push myself and trying to get really in good shape. And then I'm doing that whole thing that I mentioned before about going over to a local cross-country course uh, um, and um, a Christian Christian one and um, chopping up all the roots and all the things. There's a lot of roots in there and, uh, I mean, mega, mega ankle twister roots, you know, that you really could hurt yourself on. And I'm just going over there and getting, I mean, that's some of the hardest work I've ever done in my life because <laughs> it's just ripped, tearing up roots with, you know, with using an axe and a, and a pick or whatever. It's really dirty, hard work, but it will really get you in shape. And I'm constantly, I'm really trying to get in that, into that mode, not because I'm, you know, training for some type of event, just because I feel like it behooves me, the better shape that I'm in going into what we're going into the better we're going to do. I mean, it's, there's really no downside to it. It's just a matter of self-discipline in order to do it. And so she's saying here, she doesn't get headaches anymore. She feels physically well. Um, she walks about 30 miles a week and she feels great. Uh, and then she says, except I'm always hungry. Well, that's one of the things. You will be hungrier. But your body's burning it off. Your body's going to be burning that stuff off. Now, as you age, it gets harder. You know, I mean, even... even um, uh, once you get past a certain age, hormonal levels shift, these types of things. But this will help hormonal levels as well. And um, so if you're hungry, just understand that's just part of the thing. But it's not like you're going to be packing on fat or whatever unless you're just gorging yourself. So uh, she goes on to say, you're right. We all need to be in shape. Might as well do it now for our own terms um, and then get used to it. In other words, don't wait till last second, you know in order to start this, because you, <laughs> this could come upon us very quickly when things go hot, and it's not something you're going to, you know, want to wait. And it's, it's, it's the whole, it's the whole genre of preparing. You know, we've talked about water and food and, and, and spiritually being prepared, the most important thing, and memorizing the Word of God and praying and fasting, and, and, there, and there's other aspects, you know, and, and um, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And um, this is just part of that whole process. And, and it is an important part. Now, and again, you're only as strong as your weakest link in your chain. So you want to make sure that you're, you're physically there where you need to be. So next um, point here, another listener wrote, Cheryl, she said, oh, I, I had put out a 101 essential oils little health tips thing on link on one of my things. She said that was great, and she said she wanted to add something else. But she says, remember, clove oil, it's very powerful, quite useful, and reasonably cheap right now. Um, I've been stocking up. Bugs absolutely hate it. So I make a homemade spray with clove oil as a precaution and spray it around cracks and crevices, front porches. Stuff like that and inside food cabinets, since it's not poison. Now, one of the things that you um, may encounter... If you try to mix a essential oil with like water, you're going to find an oil and water don't mix. So one of the things you could do is use a little bit of um, uh, some type of surfactant, like a natural soap, like Calben soap. Maybe mix that, pre-mix it with the clove oil so it breaks it down and it will readily mix to the water. Um, or um, a little bit of alcohol can sometimes act to break down the oil. So that's just a little tip there as well that you might not know. 
so she sprays it around cracks and crevices in the front porch, stuff like that, inside food cabinets since it's not poison. I mean, one of the things is if, is if this stuff goes down and we don't have proper sanitation and we don't have access to proper to a lot of things that we would have had access before, the bugs might really go through the roof as far as, you know, those types of issues. And pesticide isn't something that you normally would think about, but it is something that, <laughs> come down to it, you might really be thankful that you have. And a natural pesticide would be the best way to go if you could. Um, so, it won't hurt, it has a pleasant smell, and does aromatherapy for sleep relaxation. Um, God knows best right. And then she said, God bless you, Cheryl. So that's, that's another little thing for you there, clove oil. Um, now, next article. This is about a film, and it's uh, this is about blood transfusions. Because I've had people ask me about this. And I tell you, I, I watched this little thing. I'm going to play the trailer here. And it's very compelling. The recipient of the blood transfusion is always at a greater risk of developing infection or reoccurrence of the very disease that they are treated with. In fact, there's up to a four to five times the reoccurrence rate of cancer after blood transfusions. Also, there is a much higher reoccurrence of an infection that otherwise would not occur if the blood transfusion had not taken place. Be careful of blood transfusions, and if possible, look for other alternatives. A description of this film reads, The movie unfolds as world-renowned experts share the latest scientific evidence debunking claims that blood transfusions always save lives. Millions of patients are now in danger from previously unknown risks associated with blood transfusions. For example, the effects of DNA and chromosome transfers. What are the long-term implications of receiving another person's DNA or chromosomes even from the opposite sex after a blood transfusion? Think about that. I always talk about DNA, how Satan is trying to corrupt and taint our DNA. What are the long-term implications when you have a blood transfusion from another person and their DNA and chromosomes are inside you? I don't know, but you know what? I really don't want to find out. And I understand people say, oh yeah, but a blood transfusion saved my life and this and that. Okay, I'm not, I'm not condemning anyone. I'm just saying this is something to think about here. This is something to think about and pray about and if necessary, fast about. The film explores the controversial history of blood transfusions and the greatest obstacle facing global healthcare, the reflex rejection of new knowledge because it contradicts entrenched paradigms. Now, we've just been talking about entrenched paradigms today. Like, fluoride is good for your teeth, and you need it in the water supply, and in your drugs, and sprayed on your vegetables, and, and, and every other way we can ram it down your throat. Chlorine's good in the water. And, and, you know, even though it, you know, plaques up the arteries and causes cancer and does all these horrific things in the body. And, I mean, that's what we've been talking about today. Entrenched medical paradigms that the vast majority of the time are totally wrong in their premise. Because you can't drug a body into good health. Now, let's go ahead and play this trailer here. And just so you get a little feel for what we're talking about here. That's me playing the piano in the background, just so you know. Just kidding. Sorry. When it comes to blood transfusion, it seems as though we have not really understood in that we've never done the basic research to know when we're doing good and when we're doing harm. 
transfusion alters a lot of things in in the organism and it has long-term side effects. The recurrence rate is anywhere from two to three times more recurring cancer if you give blood than if you don't give blood. Recurring cancer. That's a very frightening situation for those who go for cancer surgery. You give a bag of blood and the bag of blood has all sorts of things in it and you ignore them. Blood transfusion has never undergone randomized clinical trials to the level at which a new drug would have to go through the FDA. It's never been done. Many clinicians think of blood and blood components. So, in other words, they've never even done studies on blood that any type of, of drug would even have to go through. And blood is infinitely more complex than a drug, which might be two, three, four, five, six, whatever chemical components. Blood having thousands, and then DNA. <laughs> so, there's some serious things that need to be looked at here. As a drug to treat specific conditions that patients have. In fact, blood is an organ. It happens to be a liquid organ. This happens to be the only transplant that all you require is essentially a couple of letters behind your name and a pen, and you can write for it. So, in other words, if you really break it down and think about it, it's like getting an organ transplant. When you actually, in a way, to a certain extent, there's more probably potentially in that blood than there would be a standard organ, which would just be a compilation of some tissues. Blood is more complex. And it's the only it's the o- only organ transplant that you can get where any MD can basically do it and write it off. It's never been it's really never been that question. I really haven't even thought about it that much. But I mean I've done some I've sent some things out on just organ transplants, and I mean just the components of that where I mean people are getting these organ transplants like heart transplants and stuff like that I had two articles that I'd sent out and I mean you know the one guy like he developed totally different um, uh, taste of things of certain things that he didn't that he wouldn't have eaten before now all of a sudden he ended up finding the um, persons whose heart he had gotten and married his wife. Became madly in love with her and married his wife. What kind of spiritual implications, in other words, are we dealing here when we deal with organ transplants? When we deal with blood transfusions? I really don't know. I mean, if you're a safe person, what if that blood came from a very wicked person? I don't really know, but the Bible has a lot to say about the blood. The life of the body is in the blood. We're commanded to never, ever drink it. Ever. And that's a perpetual covenant that it says, even in the Old Testament. I've done studies on this. And if you want to know more about it, key in Levitical or dietary guidelines. And it's it's the wisdom of of the Levitical dietary guidelines. Now, I'm not saying we're under the law, but there is wisdom in the Levitical dietary guidelines. And one of the main tenets was never eat, ever, ever eat food with blood in it. And then I went through all the ways they try to hide blood in food now. Uh, I got into that there too, and, and it's important to, um, you know, like with certain types of meat, to make sure that you're doing certain things to it to cleanse the blood out of the meat. Well, what are the implications of getting a whole pint put right into your body 
And you don't even know whose blood that came from. You don't know what's in there. I mean, it's just some things to think about here. You know? That really can't be denied. They know not what risks and benefits they're likely to create or cause as they give this therapy. They've been essentially brainwashed by a public relations event that's gone on since their birth. In the United States and Russia, there are the revisionist physicians who are in favor of transfusions. And there are the progressive persons who think we should refuse transfusions. And the criteria for the procedures are the same in both countries. And they are derived from the evidence-based medicine. And they indicate that we should reject blood transfusions. And they're saying how they have a poor clinical outcome overall. Every decision I make as a physician should, you would think, be based upon my in-depth weighing of the evidence of I'm going to do more good than harm if I take the following therapy. Transfusion is potentially one of the greatest iatrogenic killers in medicine. Professor Jonathan Stamer. Avoidance of transfusion. Now, iatrogenic killer means that it happens because it's medically induced. What would be an example of iatrogenic uh, uh, death? Okay, you go into the hospital, and you go in there, and you're uh, going for a, let's say, um, they're going to scope your knee. Okay? You don't have any infection, no nothing. You go in there, you get MRSA. Multiple resistant staph aureus. The killer strep. And end up having to go in there and the MRSA ends up killing you. Which it does many, many people because they're antibiotic resistant. Because we've created these super strains with the overuse of antibiotics. Okay, that's an iatrogenic death. Overprescription. Improperly prescribed. Properly prescribed um, prescriptions. People that die from those. That's an iatrogenic death. Botched surgeries. Um, you could go on and on and on. And this would be another form of an iatrogenic killer, they're saying. Blood transfusion. So I wanted to frame that for you. Uh, as well as a, uh, or the possibility of reducing uh, exposure of patients to allogeneic blood uh, certainly helps, if you will, restore some confidence by patients that they're going to get the best care. We as physicians have all taken a very basic oath, and that is a Hippocratic oath, and it's to try to do good for mankind, and it also has the corollary of first do no harm. Okay, so that's that's that little, this coming out in the spring of two, I guess it's already out. I give you the link to their website. And um, if you want to, now some of, there are some things that are like connected with this on the whole Jehovah Witness thing. So this isn't. I'm not promoting being a Jehovah Witness who who refused je- blood transfusions. But I think that there. I mean, that all aside, I think there's some very very powerfully compelling points here regarding this. Okay. So um, again, if you stumble onto any Jehovah Witness stuff, just glean and go. Okay. Because I've done, if you want to know more about the Jehovah Witnesses, just key Jehovah or Witness into the keyword search box at ContendingForTruth.com. I've done a whole study exposing them, Mormonism, um, 
those are two of the cults that I've done. Um, now, for some potential alternatives, see blood blood transfusion can cause complications. There's some alternatives there, and then also Andrew's store, and I give you the link to both of these. Now, also, I gave you my teachings here on how they are trying to corrupt our DNA. And again, one of the most primary ways they're doing that is through vaccinations, because the vaccinations are tainted with foreign DNA. And again, what are the complications, what are the implications, spiritually, body, soul, and spirit, when you have other person's DNA put into your bloodstream, whether it be through vaccinations or through blood transfusions or whatever other way they're trying to do it. I don't know, but I don't think it can be good. So, um, I got my three teachings here. Transhumanism, vaccinations, DNA, and corrupting the seed of mankind. Uh, then the next one, cloning, DNA manipulation, and corrupting the seed. And then another one I did where I talked extensively about DNA. It was an end-time current event one. So you can click on all those if you want to know more about the whole DNA tainting component and the satanic agenda afoot there. Okay, so now mentioning uh, the other subjects that I mentioned here, we're getting into West Nile virus now. And um, we're going to segue into that. Um, The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention state that the cases of West Nile virus are raising to the point of having the largest outbreak ever seen in the domestic U.S. In total, CDC is reporting, at the time of this writing, uh, 1,118 cases with 41 deaths attributed. And there's a little slide here that shows you the actual what West Nile virus under a microscope looks like. Yet the CDC claims that most bitten by an infected mosquito do not come down with West Nile virus. And my comment this is what a strong, God-given immune system can do for us. Okay? We can't drug ourselves into good health, but we can create, if we have a strong immune system, it wards these things off. That's why God gave us an immune system to do this. This is why everybody that gets bit by a West Nile mosquito, most don't come down with it. It appears the governmental agency fearmongers and, and downplays the threat at the same time in the same breath. In response to the national outbreak of West Nile virus, there have been concerted efforts to step up the aerial assault of spraying to eradicate the disease. The spraying to kill the mosquito population is causing viable damage to the humans and the environment. Now, I've had two different people email me in Texas where it was being done, telling me, you know, these horrific things that were happening physically to them if they were outside when they were spraying for this West Nile virus. And there, one lady was talking about her children and, and these types of things and, and how you know they were sick from it, essentially. So I've got some listeners that have been emailing about this. For many years, the U.S. government has been involved in creating and dispersing designer viruses onto unwitting populations that have been the obvious causation of viral epidemics, meaning they were spraying us with things that actually cause the epidemic. They create the problems, and then they give us their solution. Okay, this is the whole order out of chaos thing, or the whole Hegelian dialectic. So, in response to West Nile virus and the burgeoning mosquito population in 2000, the spraying of malathion, which resulted in a massive attack on the human immune system from the toxic chemical. That's funny, I used to spray that stuff when I was a little kid, I remember. And my immune system has always been the thing I've struggled with most. Not so much lately, but 
because I've gotten stronger. I think God's shown me, you know, that whole food vitamin C that I talked about from Right Foods, the C500, and just certain things. And my immune system's really never felt better. But when I was growing up, you know, man, I had a real problem. <laughs> and I sprayed a lot of these chemicals that they talk about. I worked in my lawn service with my grandparents in the summers, and then also just being around the house. A lot of these chemicals were available then, and I remember, man, spraying, and I can remember even to this day breathing that smell. Well, if you can smell it, you're breathing it in to a certain extent. And, I mean, my grandparents had pretty big accounts for these um, condominiums they were at. And, I mean, I'm talking, you know, I would go through sprayer after sprayer after sprayer, you know, two-gallon, two-and-a-half, three-gallon sprayer, and you spray enough of that, you're gonna get you're gonna get whiffs of it. And you know, you're I was a kid, I wasn't even, you know, I was probably like nine or ten or eleven or whatever. And you're not so cognizant of that stuff then, and, and they weren't really cognizant of it then anyway, as far as you know, avoiding exposure. So, uh, however, the chemical use. This chemical use is tantamount to bioterrorism on the American public. Malathion is a cancer-causing, toxic substance that has been sprayed overhead in the name of keeping West Nile virus from continuing to spread. In a 2002 congressional testimony, Dr. Len Horowitz said that the makers of West Nile virus vaccines were suspected... Now, this is the West Nile virus vaccines were suspected of participating in the actual public outbreaks of West Nile virus in the Middle East. Well, again, you go back to the 1918-1919 Spanish flu that killed at least 50 million people. And this is what I got into in the Avion flu presentation. You just go up to the internet and can Dr. Scott Johnson and then Avion, and you'll see it, uh, my PowerPoint presentation. Listen to that. The people that came down with the Spanish flu of 1918-1919 were the ones that had been vaccinated. Hale and Hardy one day dying of black, what they called the black death, literally many times the next day. So this is how aggressive they can get with vaccinations uh, as far as killing large swaths of the population. By combining CDC reports, with, and if you don't believe that, just key in vaccine or vaccinations in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com. I probably reported on that subject probably more than any other one I've ever covered. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin as far as referring you to subjects uh, or topics or teachings I've done on that. So going further, by combining CDC reports with the documentation of pharmaceutical corporations and bioweapons laboratories that supplied the vials of West Nile virus to Iraq in the 1980s, the movement of the bioweapon has been traced. In other words, once again, our government has been basically using vaccinations um, or sometimes the release of bioweapons all by design in order to, you know, create outbreaks of diseases in given populations that they want to uh, target. You know, they've been doing this for decades and decades and decades. I've reported on this over and over again in different teachings. So, the aerial response to the current West Nile, vi- West Nile virus outbreak com- involves the chemical Duet. And there's a link to that which is an advanced dual-action mosquito adulticide, meaning I guess it kills adult mosquitoes, that is combined with anvil, another mosquito pesticide, as well as prethrolin. 
These chemicals cause neurotoxic properties and damaging effects on the human immune system. They are also associated with organ failure and cancer. So, hey, we got to kill all the mosquitoes, but we're going to kill the population, and we're going to, you know, it's just one more toxic assault on the American public that, you know, goes on all the time under the guise of protecting us. Now, here's a couple different um, little pictures that were sent to me this day, or the, the other day by a listener. One has Obama, like, standing, is a giant Obama standing in the back of the Georgia Guidestones, which, you know, their first commandment is maintain humanity under 500 million, and it has the all-nine eye of Lucifer there, and Obamacare on the other side, so it's kind of one big happy um, satanic pillar system here. And uh, then the other one, it's like the cover of People magazine, except it's called Sheeple. And it has Obama on the cover, and he's got a radioactive glass of milk, and he's got a big milk mustache. And um, it's got Obama's speech on nuclear fallout. Radiation is nutritious. And then it's like, this is the cover of the magazine, and it says, AMA, cancer surge not related to increased radiation levels. This is all the damage control garbage they expect us to believe. And then... Radioactive uh, Japanese seawater, no cause for alarm. And then the FDA, no need to test Alaskan fish. You know, this is the stuff they routinely expect us to embrace and believe and not question. So it's just more evidence of that. So next article, flu shot is definitely linked to an increase in H1N1 swine flu illness. Uh, Now, there's also a, a link here that confirms this, and it says if you don't recall this news, reflect, refresh your memory here. I'm not going to get into that link, but there's a link there. Now, if you can, swine, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, I did a battery of teachings on the H1N1 swine flu when that was all going down. So if you want to know more about that, you can revisit those if you like. The report summarizes the swindle flu, which is what they call it instead of the swine flu, was a swindle of taxpayer dollars. A Canadian study has concluded that people under the age of 50 vaccinated for seasonal flu are twice as likely to catch the swine flu. And now that's, I think that's very conservative. They're twice as likely. I think it's actually probably much higher than that, but they had to have some type of damage control. So you get the flu shot, you're twice as likely to catch it. I mean, I've had people uh, contact me, different ones that have worked at um, retirement homes. And hey, man, when, when flu season comes around and all the retirees and the people in the retirement homes, they know they're going to get a whole lot of beds freed up in that retirement home. Because once they start injecting the elderly with the swine flu, amazingly, a ton of those very people that are injected within a week to two week period or maybe sometimes even the next day, they're dead. So they have more bed space they can free up. It's like clockwork in retirement homes across the nation. You get the swine flu shot, you get your vaccines, you're dead. I had a patient once that that I was treating. I've told this story before and um, I treated him for an auto accident case. Came in, the guy was of uh, Central America they were from and his wife showed back up a few months after the case was over, or the case was closed, and I, I asked him about how this her husband was doing, and she says, oh, he's, he's dead. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah. I said, well, how'd he die? Well, he got, he got a flu shot, and he died the next day. 
I'm like, why wasn't this on, on, you know, at least the local news, 6 o'clock? Oh, no, no, they're going to cover all that up because, you know, hey, Big Pharma, they control all this. They control the media. They're, they're integral with the Illuminati. They're integral with the depopulation agenda. And this is normal. But people that are in alternative medicine that want to, you know, try to, you know, do the right thing. And, and I'm not talking about the New Agers, but the ones that are trying to steer us to, you know, whole foods and, and, and no, no vaccines and no pesticides and clean water. And the, they're the ones that are demonized. The, doctors like me, we're quacks. You know, I don't have the white, um, you know, the white coat with the magic prescription pad that makes all your ails go away, you know, and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not that type of doctor. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm inferior because I'm not an MD is, is the whole, uh, stigma that's put out over doctors like me that, you know, a chiropractor that specializes in clinical alternative nutrition for almost 20 years at this point, you know, I'm, I'm not a real doctor, you know, I'm an O doctor. What do you mean? Well, you go to a party and you say, well, I'm a chiropractor. And they say, oh, like you're inferior. So that's why you're an O doctor. Anyway, sorry, a little humor there. But anyway, so yeah, they've, um, they've, uh, they're finding that they're twice as likely to catch a swine flu if you get vaccinated. And I think that's very conservative. Five studies done in several provinces showed the same unsettling results. Of course, that's the very way they perpetuate the disease. I had, um, a lady emailed me the other day. Her co-worker had gotten vaccinated. Nobody was sick in the office. Co-worker got vaccinated, came down, I think it was like the next day, was deathly ill from the vaccine. And the lady that emailed me then got the same thing and got sick. And she said, do you think they're doing that on purpose? I said, yes. They're using the vaccinated population as a vector to transmit transmute the disease to other people that are healthy. And if your immune system isn't there to begin with, let's say you're low, um, you know, your adrenals are, are burned out, you haven't had enough vitamin C in you, there are certain things that are lacking immune system-wise, white blood cells, you're going to be more susceptible, obviously. But they're using the vaccinated people as a breeding ground for the actual flu virus that they're injecting into them. Because most of the time, there's, there's, they use what they call a partially attenuated virus, meaning it's partially killed in the vaccine itself. Now, that's not including all the other stuff, the garbage they're injecting into you. The aluminum, the mercury, the tainted DNA that I mentioned before. Also, they have the capability now of totally putting microchips in the vaccines, and you won't even know they're there. And I mean microchip dust. Hitachi has had microchip dust that they've openly proclaimed for, I think, over 10 years at this point. So there could literally be microchips in these things, and you don't even know about it. So, anyway, um, five studies have done in several provinces in Canada show the same unsettling results. But that didn't stop Canada and other countries from going ahead with their massive waste of money. And so there's more links on that if you'd like to explore that. Next article, hospital employee will be fired if they don't get the flu shot. Now, I have had... Listeners contact me and say, what should I do? They're telling me I don't get the flu shot. Okay, you're fired. I'm like, listen, I can't in good conscience, knowing what I've said to you, for the sake of you keeping your job, tell you to ever get a vaccination. I would avoid it like it's the mark of the beast. That's that's about my opinion of it. I'm not saying it is the mark of the beast, but I'm saying with the tainted DNA 
I don't know what, what what are the implications if they've cultured it off an aborted baby, like they have on at least 18 different vaccines that I've reported on and giving you them by name, like Merivax and Vivax and these other ones, MMR. They're literally cultured off aborted babies. I'm not making this up. You look it up in the PDF, physi- physi- Physician's Desk Reference, and um, PDR, I'm sorry, PDR, Physician's Desk Reference. You look it up. And it'll say, what is, how is it made? Cultured off human diploid cells. What is that? That is an aborted fetal cell line. They literally cultured the vaccine off. What kind of spiritual implications are going on with that? The foreign DNA that they're putting in there now, they're culturing things off aborted babies, they're putting aluminum, mercury, detergents, all kind of weird, some of them are grown off green Reese's diseased monkey kidneys. Chicken embryos? It sounds like an absolute witch's cauldron. And it is. It's a cursed substance you're getting injected straight into your body that's causing massive autoimmune responses because the body doesn't know what's happening when you get something straight into the bloodstream, bypassing all normal mechanisms of protection in the body. Because normally, you'll either, if you get it on your skin, your skin's a protective barrier. Or if you inhale it, okay, there's certain immune system things that kick in before it gets into your bloodstream, even if you ingest it. But when you inject it right into the bloodstream, all those things are bypassed, causing a massive autoimmune response, which is the main reason why we've had all these autoimmune diseases go through the roof in the past 50, 60 years that weren't even hardly, uh, a lot of these autoimmune diseases weren't even known before the modern day advents of, of vaccinations. Autism, another one, totally caused from vaccines. Autism wasn't even on the radar until the modern day vaccination um, started taking place. The, the, the cancer viruses that, that they're admitting are in many of the vaccines. The polio vaccines from the, um, uh, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and even before that, totally tainted with, the, with um, cancer viruses. And they've admitted to this. And I've reported on this. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, it, to me it's not a question. God can provide another way. God can provide another job. Okay? And, you know, he's the God of the universe. He can do that. You do the right thing. You know? You do the right thing. Period. And, you know, leave the consequences to God. You do the right thing, and and God will direct your path. Okay? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Okay, so it's acknowledging him and him directing our past, it's kind of a two-way street. We have to be obedient. And if it comes down to something like this, to me, it's not even a question. You don't take the shot. Um, Hospital employees across Colorado are being threatened with their jobs if they don't get the flu shot by the end of the year. Now, this is just one state. This is going on all over the place. My, My one listener, he quit his job. I mean, he he had to. It was either that or take the shot. He took a stand, and, and he gave them all the information. They didn't want to hear it. Okay, fine, serve Satan. I'm not going to serve Satan with you. He did the right thing. It wasn't the only. I've had at least two listeners that have been in that situation, at least two, and they did take the shot. So, praise the Lord. This requirement is being implemented now, even though the state of Colorado, which requires more than half of all employees to receive the vaccination. The mandate for all employees doesn't take effect for several years. Oh, isn't that wonderful of them? Well, again, they don't just, it's like Satan. He's not going to just implement everything at once. It's a slow, gradual process. That's how he usually works things. These healthcare workers are being give, given the choice. Get a flu shot or lose your job. Um, 
one hospital employee who didn't want to be identified says, I don't want to get the flu shot, and to me it seems I'm getting forced to put a virus into my body that I object to. She's absolutely right. Um, of course, it might have been he. Anyway, uh, the new state regulations require flu shots for healthcare workers to be phased in over the next several years. Right now, 60% are required. Almost all hospitals in Colorado have made the vaccinations mandatory. At Denver Health Medical Center, Centura Health, and Banner Health, employees who don't get a flu shot by the end of the year will be suspended and then fired. Oh, well. Gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, Next article. Fragments of foreign DNA and other substances from vaccinations found in sick, disabled, and dying children. Um, This week, an important paper by Leslie Carol Botha hit the internet by storm. The revolutionary paper, paper titled, Unveiling the Culprit, Is Foreign DNA Contamination the Autistic Villain Behind the Biologic Vaccine Industry? Injuries, and there's a link to that. And it's one of the first papers to discuss various foreign DNA fragments being discovered in sick, disabled, and dying children after they have received various childhood vaccinations. Just more, more evidence here of the tainted DNA, what it's actually uh, potentially doing. Over the past six years, Miss Botha has been heavily involved and dedicated to using her print and broadcast experience to share information about the public about potential dangers from HPV vaccines, uh, human papillomavirus is what that stands for, genital warts, okay, which they're saying the boys have to get now too, you know. Um, and um, and one of the main reasons uh, that they say for the girls is to prevent uh, cervical cancer, and it's been proven, and I got into a study on that, and you can key that in in the search box at contendingfortruth.com, that it does not prevent uh, cervical cancer. And another thing about that is boys don't, get cervical cancer because they don't have a cervix. Anyway, you can key that in in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. I did a whole report on it. Anyway, she is a member of Truth About Gardasil and one of the six women who in March 2010 presented research and data to the FDA on the alarming statistics of Gardasil and cervix deaths, injuries, and harm. I mean, it's just legion. People, women dying from these vaccinations. Both the claims that the foreign DNA is a term of which most medical consumers are unaware. She believes that it is common sense for professionals to question the safety of foreign DNA, otherwise known as recombinant DNA, stating that, quote, even in the American Biological Safety Association, uh, they have classified recombinant DNA as a biohazard and has outlined specific directives on the handling of such contaminants. Botha says that according to the suspected supporting documentation written by the Coalition of Vaccine Safety, the president presence of dormant and reluctant relict viral DNA sequences in human and other animal genomes has been known for 20 years. These human retroviral sequences that have been identified in live viral vaccines grown in human cells. I mean, this is just witchcraft, a witchcraft brew at work. She says the document reports that, quote, the rotavax virus contained nucleic acids from the porcine Circovirus, or PCV1. Since this report, a second rotavirus vaccine, Rototech, has been shown to contain nucleic acids from both PCV1 and PCV2, which is a pathogen in pigs that is associated with wasting and immunodeficiency. So, these vaccines are tainted with this 
um, uh, pathogen in pigs that is associated with immunodeficiency and wasting. Talk about tainted. Okay? Both of these vaccinations are given to infants to supposedly protect them from the rotavirus. I mean, this is just pure evil. The rotavirus vaccine is a vaccine given to infants aged 2, 4, and 6 months. Both of research is clearly stating that DNA from pigs is being found in the rotavirus vaccine with the potential to cause wasting and immunodeficiency. And that's just one thing. One thing in these vaccines. Yet, when evidence of this discovery was presented to the FDA back in 2010, the FDA announced that it was no problem. Why? Because they're of the father of the devil and of his lusts and of his works. They will do. Okay? So that's why. The FDA has patted us all on the back, treating us like we're imbeciles. I want to know how safe it is to vaccinate a very young children with vaccines containing recombinant DNA. Both of believes the answer to the question is easy. Uh, according to both of the Center for Biology of Chronic Diseases, published a book which appears to provide us with the answer. She says, quote, The Center for the Biology of Chronic Disease explains how foreign DNA fragments can cause many major diseases. And again, this is just the DNA. We're not talking about the aluminum. We're not talking about the mercury. We're not talking about vaccines cultured off aborted babies, the spiritual implications of, of, that, of, of that or other foreign DNA being injected straight into the bloodstream. We're not talking about the squalene in the vaccines. We're not talking about all the other host of other witches' brew of garbage they put in there. Just one thing we're dealing with here. I mean, they're really, 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 really trying to kill us and make us sick every way they can. At breakneck speed. It just goes to show how amazing our bodies are that they could ward this stuff off and there's many people still living that are, that are living. Because I think that, that the New World Order is just shaking their head that us humans haven't died off way quicker than they've planned. And this is why they're ramping things up. Because they're behind on their schedule. So, going forward... Um, the book has been read by more than 5,000 scientists around the world and has been reviewed by more than 20 leading scientific journals. The theory explains the underlying cause of many major diseases and shows how dormant uh, viruses actually can cause disease while still latent. So I'm going to end part two here, and we're going to go to part three, which should be the third and final part. So God bless you.